Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Yishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Judea to the world. You're a part of it wherever you are. Shalom and welcome to Malka Fleischer. Malka, you're busy on the phone there looking at yes, the latest? I mean, because there's like a lot of updates going on. Now we have a limited skirmish between Russia and Ukraine. We'll see how limited it stays. Uh, but it it's, was very sad this morning. You know, I don't know about you guys. I'll give you like a secret little piece of info into my life. Sometimes when I wake up in the morning, slash every single time when I wake up in the morning, I'm like groggy and I can't get out of bed. So then I turn on my phone and I like go to the news to try to like get my eyeballs working, you know, and you start to check your WhatsApps and all that stuff like before you get out of bed just to get the get the juices flowing. Yeah. So this morning, your brother in the family WhatsApp group was like Babula, who is which is like Russian or Ukrainian or something for grandma his wife's mom who was supposed to be arriving today to Israel and is like at the airport in Kiev got turned back around and her flight was canceled. All the civilian flights out of Ukraine are canceled. Yeah, the airspace over Ukraine is now closed by, by the way, closed by the Ukrainian government. Right. Uh, they, they've shut it down. And uh, so she was like on her way just yeah. about to get out. Yeah, she was two. She was two hours. She away was two hours away from flying, and she Israel. was supposed to fly to Israel. Yeah, and her flight was canceled. And I, I felt, I mean, aside from the fact that I felt so sorry for my sister-in-law who was looking forward, you know, with let's just get some context context here. Like after two years of COVID, and you know all the travel restrictions and how hard it is to get on a plane, um, and just not seeing your families. You know, I'm talking about here. Uh, international flight which is even more intense than like if you're an American national flight until she like and her kids were all ready and she had her house all ready and yeah. they had plans and the mom was supposed to be here for like a month at least and this whole war was looming overhead and it was like okay well I'm almost out I'm almost out yeah. and then to, to have to turn around and not be able to get on that flight and not to not be able to get on that flight because there's dumb COVID restrictions, but not to be able to get on the flight because there's a war going on and to know that your parent is like in a country which is facing a war and you're in another country and you're just hoping for, you know, their safety. It's just very hard. It's very, it's very tricky. And uh, also the, the, you know, there's, there's, we live in a, in a hyper media world. Um, Russia is, uh, there's a lot of interests here. Right, you 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 don't really know who this Biden character is and what he has to do with Ukraine. Like, for example, I was just raising some questions today. I'm like, we know that they've got like all kinds of interests in Ukraine. There's something going on here, and at the same time, like like people are like this this one nice dude on Twitter who's like I think maybe a Cardoza grad, and he's like he's like he's like he's like Ukraine is a democracy. It's being attacked by the villainous Putin, right. and we should stand with him. I'm like, a. There's a lot of Ukrainians that want to be part of the Russian of the Russian sphere. Even in those areas of Lugansk and Donetsk, Donetsk, they there's there's a lot of people there who actually want to be separatists and want to be part of of Russia. So it's just it's a comp- complicating factor. On top of which, look at Biden, and you're like, oh, so you're a freedom fighter for democracies? Did you just are you not just signing in Vienna right now a deal? 
to give seventy billion dollars to the Iranians, which is a, a very close ally <clears throat> of Russia. By right, the way. right. Are, are you? But are you also not like? Weren't you the guy that ran out of Afghanistan? Right, and like, left and, all those people to be to, like to, all your allies, people who like worked intimately with your government for a, over a decade just to be slaughtered in their right. streets. Right. So it's, I'm just like, oh, now I'm supposed to like line up with the flag with Biden. who's calling- He's not lining up either. Is the United States like running over there? I mean, maybe they could like who knows what we'll be reporting on next week's show. But like, it's just a lot of yap, yap, yap. Well, that's like, they're is, not, they're not doing well, anything. We'll see. It's day one. That's day one. It's day one. Anything could happen. But I'll tell you, I think that Russia, I wish we had like other a people Russia say to me, on the other show Other people today. say to me, there's like a wag the dog scenario where, where, where Biden's approval letter, uh, 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 Rating? uh ratings is at the lowest ever and probably the lowest the president's had in a long time. Anyway. So like so this, what, this is going to help him. Only if he gets involved. Wag the dog, right? We saw the movie. We still, right. we still love the movie. I, we got to bring that back and out. I, That's a great movie, by the way, you guys. And, and at the same time, for yeah. us, there's like our real, you know, family or or our family's family is involved in right. this thing. Uh, and then, like for example, I saw the mayor of Kiryat Arba wrote, "In this war, we're going to send in special troops to rescue the tomb of Rabbi Nachman and bring him to Eretz Israel." I didn't know if he was joking. You, Rabbi Nachman's buried in Ukraine, and I was like, I was just, I, it was just like, I can believe that. Why don't you believe that? I, they brought. Don't you remember there was a whole story about how they they like brought from Iran. They brought these like twenty gazelles or something. They did like a secret operation to bring gaz- some kind of special goat or gazelle or something. You don't remember that? Oh yeah, that was years ago. Do you remember yeah, that? Sure. And they were like, look, we have this special like Persian special regional gazelle, and we brought it and we saved it. <laughs> So if they can do that, then they can definitely dig up Rebbe Nachman and bring him on over here. Well, I don't know. So anyway, yeah, you know, so they can bring the the secret. I mean, Ira- go get the Baal Shem Tov, by the way, if you're over there. Yeah, and if you're bringing the Iranian, uh, the Iranian library of uh, the nuclear secrets, right? So just bring <clears throat> Rebbe Nachman. I like. I don't even think that's so. My crazy. Po- my point is, is that we we live in a time, and I I vacillate inside because I inside there's something in me, which is weird because it doesn't always line up with the rest of my personality, which is, it's like. It's like hyper, like hyper wants to believe that history is long. I, I, there's something in me that rebels against messianism. There's something in me. I don't know where exactly where it comes from, but it's like no, it's not like that. Things go on and things move forward. At the same time, like my whole life is dedicated to to Gula, the return to Zion and the rebuilding Zion. But like, there's something in me that rebels against. Like, you see, here it's happening. You know, it's a, this is it. This is it. Like, and like some people, are like this is a godly war, and of course they're always finding I verses, the and there's always that rabbis. Against that is the part that <laughs> thinks that the adrenaline junkies, basically. Like yeah, the I don't like who that stuff. like who like want things to be messianic, so we can like have life be more exciting. And to like get off of our regularly scheduled programming of getting stuff done. Maybe yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. But also, I don't think that you're. A, I don't think that you can't appreciate. Uh, so that's what the, I'm saying. Like people's. Yeah. What <laughs> this Ukraine thing? On the one hand, like I can. I, on the one hand, something is for me rebelling. It's like it's not as big as you think. I mean, definitely. I don't. I a little bit don't understand. And uh, maybe I'm going to come By the way, people really dumb will here. be listening to us a yeah. few days from now, maybe. Yeah, people and will be like, be like what are they talking about? Because because this yeah, is like... Yeah, because it's really unfolding. It's right, really unfolding. It's really unfolding, yeah. But um, there's definitely part of me that's like a little surprised that the world is like so... 
um, concerned with this and especially as a good versus evil like there's a lot of this like good versus evil discussion and I kind of wonder how people have determined the good versus evil breakdown right um, maybe it's because I know that some people have different sensitivities for example like Ukraine is a democracy Russia is not exactly a democracy. I I, um, I I wouldn't. Ukraine has a Jewish president. I wouldn't put too much stock into Ukrainian democracy. I just I mean, wouldn't. Y- but you know what I'm it's saying. It's a very. I'm just trying to. It's explain. a very corrupt country. I, I I've seen it myself. It's a, it's a, it's a it's a country that corruption is endemic. It's part of the system itself. And so, what is Ukrainian democracy? Would you not say that some of us live in countries where there's corruption? Um. Therefore, I might say that the the, the democratic aspect and Russia of it, not corrupt. Oh, it's not. It, it, We're the, dealing with corrupt versus not corrupt. No, I, I didn't say that. I wasn't saying that. I was saying that like I just wouldn't make it out to be. I don't like that people are like, we stand with democracy, and now we will send in our 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 aircraft carriers right. to bomb something. It's just like whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa right. Whoa. We'll see. I, and and really, it's true. Like we we can make predictions here, and next week the world could be com- like we could be living in a bunker. I we have no idea what's going to be by <laughs> or, next. Or there's a base of English, right? We'll by the way, way, I just I just want everyone to know that like. <laughs> So I have some friends who are preppers. Do you guys know what preppers are? Preppers means people who want to be prepared, right? You prep for something. But it's the really bigger meaning of prepper is that like people who prepare for emergency situations. And like definitely lately my head has been more like wondering if we need to do more prepping type stuff. We definitely have to have water. I told you this. We have to have like today. So buy a six pack of water. (laughs) That'll save us. Okay, so two, I two, do. Two I, I do have a life straw. Do you know what life straw is? Uh, it's a tube with a filter in it, and you can basically I was gonna make go. Some, I was going to try to make some ridiculous wife joke, but I like like something like like what? Like <laughs> I don't know. Like like how can I help you? That's what I meant. Okay, Monica, that's all I meant. Like uh, like maybe I I was gonna, I couldn't come up with it. That's exactly the point. Yeah, that was not a good joke. No, it was not. But anyway, be. a life straw is a filter, and you can put it down into like any non-salt water right water like a puddle right and just go yeah and it filters the water i also have one of those i just i just go to a puddle and no no drink right from it no no you don't do that i actually did something like that recently we were were in the there was there was there was a cleft in the rock there was a rock that had a like a like a little where what rock in a frat and uh when we were helping digging uh, the um, oh that's so nice i think that's runoff from beit lechem no no it was from rain it wasn't runoff it was caught like a cup like 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 the stone had like a cup in it yeah and, and, you I, drank and I drank it? from it It was delicious it was delicious it was from the rain then i looked it up and it said that sometimes rainwater isn't as pure as i thought but anyway oh. i feel fine there though. could also be parasites and stuff but anyway so we have a life straw and I have my eyes on this like water filtration bag thing where you can put like six liters of water in it. What's but it? do you know what I'm saying? Like this is the. What are we talking about? Yeah. Here? Like what are we talking about? Like <laughs> anyway, the point is that that uh, the world is a little unstable. Well, that's what happens. But I wonder like the whole world is like, oh, down. Russia. Blah, blah, right. blah, blah, right. Blah. Oh, Russia. But I wonder. But I wonder in actuality, for example, like. Like. Like, I just wonder what Putin is thinking. Is he like, yeah, ooh, Biden, hmm. Like, is he like, is he like pacing the floor? I seriously doubt it. In fact, what I think that he's doing is like calling his friends in China and being like, 
just tell them you're not going to ship to Walmart for like a week. Like what would happen to America if Walmart was empty? Because everything in there is from China, basically. Right? A lot. A lot of stuff. And Russia and China, they're friends. The United States is like, has been working on this Iran thing now for a long time, like you said. They're like, they're, they're BFFs with Russia. Iran. Ooh, Iran. And they're like, speaking of unstable, okay? By the way, everybody likes Iran. You ever notice that? America likes Iran. Russia likes Iran. Like, why? China likes Iran. You ever feel that way? You're like, wait. So the one of the worst bad guys around that wants to destabilize our region, wants to destroy Israel, destroy Saudi Arabia, destroy the UAE, Iran, with their with their uh, uh, what are they called? The proxies, the Houthis, the Hezbollah. Everybody wants to help them. You notice that, right? Like they're, me- including, they're making like suit and tie meetings with them, including Joe Biden. What right? do you mean including? Yeah, he's the guy. Yeah. Trump was like, no Iran deal. Biden right. comes in and he's like, let's revive the Iran deal. No, and make it much bigger. They want to make it much, 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 much more money. So he took, he actually took something that was nothing and turned it into something. Like there was a not relationship with Iran and he created it. He worked on it. His team made that happen. Yeah. On so purpose. My, my point to you is, is that the world so is good a job. funky monkey Good right job, now. Joe Biden. Yeah. Hey, and I'm sure, by the way, I'm sure that that complete lameness was inspiration to Putin. That he was like, these guys are so dumb and so weak that I could just go do this. That's what happens when and you're, and you're petting your pet leopard and you're just like... You Riding know, your bear around the yeah. backyard. And you're yeah. just like, you know what? I'm bored. <laughs> like, how many bears can I ride? I'm going to ride the big bear now, okay? Anyway, so so uh, this is uh, this is quite a moment. I still think that Israel should, should just keep its mouth shut. I really, I really don't. Israel, think Israel is so not going to keep its mouth shut. That's I think my should, prediction. I think we already sent. Apparently, we already sent like naval uh, or Iron Dome systems to Ukraine. If they paid for it, that's fine. That's that's something different to me. It's like whatever, whatever. I, it's business. But like, I would not certainly not line up against uh, Russia right now. I would just just. It's your business, you guys. You guys know what you're doing. You guys are big boys. You guys have had uh, these conflicts and issues. You know, Ukraine has barely ever been an independent country in its history. So I'm like, okay, you you have your issues. You're gonna you're gonna work it out. I'm sorry. I'm not, like, I don't think Israel should say anything. And I I think that all these people that have moral clarity on Twitter, I think it's because they don't have clarity. So therefore, they have moral clarity. They don't understand the various complexities and 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 oligarchs and monies and investments and things and power plays and NATO and Iran. Like there's there's a lot of there's so much there's so many factors here at play, which is also a little bit scary to be honest with you because a little bit that's how World War One started, which was like there were a lot of secret deals. Everybody had these alliances, and then they had to fill, fulfill the alliances when their ally got attacked. So, you know, when, when I put it that way, when I say that out loud, I think to myself, well, it really is an explosive situation in that sense. Uh, on the other hand, it could be just a show of power, limited skirmish. It doesn't have to blow up. We don't have to buy into the media hype. We don't have to buy into the media. This is totally a way for them to sell papers. Let's oh, yeah. put it that way. Like, oh, yeah. they're, they're psyched today. Even Let me tell you. So the media is making a lot of money today, right? This morning, even I listened to the Israeli news you know more uh, more intently because it's right, a news you day updates, right. right but so they're they're making their money but then my friend Josh told me that all the Jewish orgs are making 
money right now because they're all asking for Donations ways to support the donation for Ukrainian Jews. Aliyah, this, that. Every, everybody's like, you know, try. So, so there's, and that's understandable. Any crisis has in it also winners, just like, you know, friends of mine who, who made masks uh, during the last two years also, you know, made money on it. So, you know, I understand that. I'm just saying the picture is complex. And since, since we ourselves here in Israel also need uh, Putin as, as, as part of our alliances here in this region, and in general, just because of the complexities, I just wouldn't say anything about it. I would just, like, if you have Jews that you want to protect, rescue, whatever, fine. Um, but, like, yeah, don't, don't, don't get into the, 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 the bear and the whale are having, no, the, the, the ox and the whale, that's the Midrash. Are that is you a fight. being messianic, Ishai. Um, it might be messianic. That's what I'm saying. It might be or might not be. I would hedge Ukraine my bets. Ukraine would be the whale. I don't know who the whale is. That's my point is I don't know. I don't know God's calculations. And I don't I don't want a horse bet on these things. I don't know. I don't know. I I know one thing. See, that's my point exactly. Here's whenever whenever people start to fill me with complexities, I'm like, can we just reduce it to something simpler? Which is we shouldn't let bad guys attack our soldiers here in Israel. We shouldn't let our land be taken away. We shouldn't let Gaza to be filled with rockets and Hezbollah in the north have rockets. That I know. I know simple things. I know simple things, and those simple things are the things that I would fight on. I wouldn't fight on somebody else's battleground. I wouldn't deal with their issues. I wouldn't talk about moral high grounds and stuff like that. I would, I would reduce it to simpler things. I would be a little bit simpler in my, in my whole approach, which is, you know, we, we're going to push back on bad guys. And from, from Putin, to, frankly... Well, to Jews be, are always trying to figure out who are bad guys. I'll tell you truthfully, Putin... Complex character. You could call him a you know you could call him a czar. You could call him a you know a, a tsar, which is the Russian way of saying czar. You could call him these things. Uh, and, and there's other people around here. We have a tsar, which is which is Putin. We have uh, Erdogan, who is uh, obviously a sultan. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we have uh, we have a president, and we have kings. Who is Khomeini? You know Khomeini, he's, he's a radical. You know he's a radical pasha. spirit. Yeah, he's a yeah, he's a no. No, not a pasha. No, he, no, pasha's Turkish. Uh, he's a, uh, a a cleric. A what do you call it? A uh, imam. Mm. You know he's the he's the Mahdi. You know Mahdi. what I mean? The Mahdi is the Mashiach of the right. of the of the of the Sunnis of the Shiites. Excuse me. You know we got a lot of stuff. We've got a lot of stuff going on. I want to reduce it to simple things. This is my land. Get off my land! Stop, stop attacking my people. So that's what that's a that's a question also I think that people are asking about the Russia Ukraine thing. Whose land is it? You know, as people who who um, can appreciate nationalism, you have to ask. Do you? I mean, you don't have to. You it's could a, go about your day, but like you could ask yourself. It's a story. What that's do I stand? Very with? old. It's it's so old the Ukrainian story that when my mom tells me this whole thing my eyes start to glaze over. There's so many factors. There's so many periods where Russia had control, where where Russian farmers and and outlying like Russians were the were the people who settled these lands hundreds of years ago. Forget it. That's my point exactly. Can I tell you something that may come off as a little bit overly dispassionate and clinical in a time when I know people are having emotions about this stuff? I, I I'm looking forward to hearing that. This is this may not reflect me in a good light, but I just want to put it out there. There's something about this conflict which I find oddly calming. I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for. I don't think the word is calming. Satisfying is definitely not the word. I can't say. But here's here's my main point. 
there's something about this conflict which proves that we are not in a postmodern time that I kind of appreciate. Right, right. Like the fact that that like geopolitics is still a thing and we're not like in a one world government where everyone agrees on everything and we're all just like congealing into this one giant big giant thing. There's something about it that like, not that I want wars, I certainly don't, I don't, I get, I have no real appreciation for conflicts, I, I feel badly when I'm seeing already these videos of what's going on in Ukraine, and I have a right. sense that good people are going to suffer, and I, I have zero pleasure in that, but just really, really zooming all the way, all the way, all the way out, there's something about the fact that like, we're doing the same things now as we've done throughout history and we haven't gotten to this place where like everything is is like locked into place in postmodernism right that i don't know i understand like i'm not against that i understand what you're saying do you know what i'm saying yeah it's like it's i don't like, mean i don't mean to sound not i got it kings humane. and powers and 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 and, and but just so there's the, there's like this force that wants to tell you that we've like reached already the end of history, end of history right and that like it's all been done and now it's like our job to just like peace and love. And while I like peace and love and I want that, I want it in reality, not in like a lot of like blah, 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 blah. And so to see that the world is still in flux and like grappling with itself, I don't know. It just like it makes me feel like we're still part of history mm -hmm. in a way that I kind of don't hate. You know, my friend Alex Trayman once Does said to me. Does that sound crazy? I understand that totally. Alex Trayman once said to me, that when Bennett, Prime Minister Bennett, came out and said we have a hundred point plan for global warming, he's like a hundred point plan for global warming. We have dirty rivers in Israel. We have trash on the streets. Right, like it's like like just yeah, just what, 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 like and, scrub the floor, like yeah. just do the regular things. Right, and so he said to me, Alex there was just me, a big thing. Of Alex said to me, uh, there is. Uh, we don't have a hundred point plan on anything. <laughs> like, since when do we have a hundred point plan on the world's global warming? Same thing with this. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I, I have, I am a WhatsApp group of, 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 of terrorism against Jews in Israel. There's 20 messages right now that I haven't seen from the last hour, last few hours. There's tons of attacks against us. So I'm just like, we're going to talk about Ukraine. We're going to send them, uh, you know, Iron Dome. Fine. But it's like, we're not dealing with the thugs that are taking over our land. And that's something that I think uh, that, that I, th I think before we go on opining about what's going on over there and the history of Ukraine and who do we stand with, I'm like, before we like become big shots, you know, let's deal with our little problems and, and show that we know how to deal with our problems before we deal with somebody else's problems. That's my that's my attitude. Listen, Maka, um, we have a big show coming up. At the end of the show, we have Rav Mike Foyer. He's back. Nice. Okay, to talk about uh, 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 Maseh Merkava, the, 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 the Ezekiel's chariot, and, and other things. So we have, we have a, 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 an interesting show there. But beforehand, we're going to have an interview with the guy that brought uh, John Voigt to Israel. Oh. Well, he was the tour guide, though, who brought them as something much bigger. Uh, the the JLTV, the Fallick family, and other things. But John Voigt was in Israel. He was toured by my friend Aaron Shafir, who is going to be on the show. And then uh, a few minutes of my conversation with with John Voigt himself, which was just awesome. Uh, the video that I put up of my of my little talk with John Voigt, it was a th almost four minute video, went viral uh, amongst my stuff. It definitely went very viral, and really a lot of people saw it. It was a powerful and small interview with a very, very authentic and, and God-loving man 
uh, who's using his his clout and his also his personality uh, to get the, the, the name of God and to get the name of the Tanakh and the Torah out there. So stay tuned for that. Malka, I want to thank the folks that make the show happen. Yochavit Seidman, Moshe Herman, Tabitha, and Lou for getting the show out to the world. God bless you guys. You guys are beautiful. Uh, and your help is appreciated. Uh, and everybody out there that's listening is uh, thankful to you as well. So thanks. Uh, you can write them an email. Say thanks, team. That's right. Uh, hashtag thanks, team. Uh, Yishai, If you have a strong opinion on the Russia-Ukraine thing, or if you think it's messianic or not, and all that, uh, write me an email, Yishai, We have a lot of uh, show sponsors that make a big difference, Malka. Uh, first is uh, the sponsor, which is both a uh, sponsor... Uh, physically and spiritually and that all of my sponsors are sponsors physically and spiritually but one is uh, uh, the Israel Bible theisraelbible.com an amazing Bible uh, that, that you need in your house I promise you you need it in your house uh, it, it's a beautiful cover beautiful text beautiful everything edited uh, by my friend uh, Rabbi Tully Weiss and also with commentary about specifically the land of Israel where the land of Israel issues come in uh, to the Bible, uh, made together with the Koran Publishing House. So that's uh, the Israel Bible, and uh, type in coupon code Yishai, bang, and you're more likely to go to heaven. And so that's one. And then also our good friends at Prohibition Pickle, making pickles not prohibited anymore, is not prohibited anymore. Uh, and uh, many pickles come from Ukraine, and so you could support Prohibition Pickle, and therefore make Shabbos good, and therefore that Shabbos is like a messianic times, and that has everything to do and, and Joe Biden is heavily invested in Prohibition Pickle, okay? What? No, okay, I don't know. But I love Prohibition Pickle, and I'm looking forward to a salami Shabbos this Shabbat. Salami, vodka, and uh, and some salad from them. Um, and also, of course, our supporter and sponsor is Hebron, the Jewish community of hebronfund.org. Strengthen the forefathers and mothers. Help us with our projects to beautify and normalize Jewish life in Judea, in the capital of Judea, which is Hebron. Uh, and by, by being part of that family, you're being part of the great family of Israel because the forefathers and mothers are buried there. So that's hebronfund.org. We also have media sponsors, including jewishpress.com, that gets our show out to the world. Thank you very much, uh, jewishpress.com, and thank you for your great uh, and, and timely coverage. And also uh, the Yishai Fleischer Show and the other Land of Israel shows will be, uh, I'll talk about my show. The Yishai Fleischer Show will be migrating over to jns.org, jns.org. Uh, to be part of the JNS family. So that's very exciting as well. Check out their news coverage, which is fabulous and in-depth and, and beautifully presented as well. Uh, our number one, f- uh, our number two s- supporter and, uh, and most important entity here is you, the listener. And I want to thank Krista uh, and others who have uh, gone to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Yishai and bought me some coffee. Krista over-caffeinated me. She just, <laughs> I'm just, blah, 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 because uh, Krista uh, helped support and, and, and her, uh, her, uh, uh, is, her strength is felt. And there's others as well. Um, there are other people like David Zayner who wrote me a beautiful email saying, I've been listening to you and Malka since your days at Arut Sheva before Leah was even born. I wanted to let you know that I've observed this over time, that your skills as an order, interviewee, and debater have become more refined, polished, and effective. Nice. Uh, so I'm doing my best out there. Uh, and my good friend David, he just says, I just want to say thank you and Yashikoch and let you know how much I appreciate it. So that's Aww, my good friend David. That's very nice. Who I haven't seen in too long, and that's been my mistake. Uh, and I want to rectify that soon, David. Thank you very much for your love and friendship. And I got an email today uh, 
uh, from a friend who has sent me other emails, and yet it turns out that they got into spam. Oh, and so bummer. therefore he thought that I was not paying attention to him. <gasps> oh. And that's my friend Jeff. He says, I like your podcast again today. Uh, the name for non-Jews living and learning with weekly Parsha has been called Noahides for literally thousands of years. I'm happy to share his website, 7 with you for this purpose. And he says, by the way, I first learned of you from Richard Rosen, now of New Jersey, originally wow. from Buffalo. That's your uncle. That is some Jewish geography. That's right. So, That's amazing. Uh, so there you go. Check out his website, 7NoahideLaws.com, 7NoahideLaws.com. And this is in response to our uh, question about what should folks who identify with, with Israel and Torah be called. Uh, and and, and I, I don't, I can't, I get, I'm out of time to talk about this deeply, but um, Noahide is a very, very important designation. And, and John Voigt thinks himself as a, as a Noahide. In any, case, in any case, Malka, thanks for being on the show today. Really appreciate it. Um, we shall pray for the peace of our uh, Slavic... That's friends right. in reality though you know here we we really have the luxury of talking about things like from a very removed perspective i mm-hmm. know that some people don't have that luxury and that really um some people are very deeply affected and some people are very powerfully worried and we really want to bless everybody who is concerned um that that they should see that everything's going to be okay and bizrat hashem all the good people will be protected hashem will be with everyone and that hashem still runs the world and uh, sometimes you just got to hang in there and buckle in, you know, because yep. sometimes things get rough. But Emir Hashem, with God's help, then everything's going to be okay. And, and Ukraine will be okay and Russia will be okay and people will be okay and everything's going to be okay. Right, or not. And, and, no, but, and, it, but in the end, right, with God's okay. help, that, yeah. that things will, will really be okay. And, and it's really just our job to um, support each other, to do the, the good things that we believe we're, um, we're supposed to do, obligated to do. Um, and to add to the add to the good stuff, you know, add to the light, add to the kindness, add to the 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 respect, the support, all those good things uh, to the charity. I think that's nice, and I think that's good good words. But I'm going to say a, a different tack, which is that you gave the I would say the the it's a feminine type of uh, thought. In, in this moment well, to, to bring light and I'll okay. say I'll say it a more kind of masculine and that's the the beauty of our discussion here which is I'm going to say if the world's going to become more destabilized then let's also take care of our business like if there's right, going to be, be strong if, the, if there's going to be a loosening of the of all these you know uh, you know let's let's take care of Gaza and South Lebanon let's take care get, they should have zero missiles to threaten us and in and in house terrorists. That's, Syria, that's Russia though too, Ishai. You know there are a lot of people who want like I don't. We don't have time to really delve back into it, but but Russia is Syria. Syria is Russia. Right. And they're a threat to us. Right? Are we? Are have we been bombing Syria recently? Yes, we have. That's right. You're absolutely right. Uh, we, so uh, it's not like this reason, stuff doesn't affect but us. But the only reason we can bomb Syria, Syria is because Russia, Russia allows it, 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 it. Turns a blind eye and says, okay, right. I'm allowing because I understand. True. And we even coordinate with them. It's complex, folks. It's very complex. It's complex. And I think the only way to understand they're not complex is to be clear that we got to push back our bad guys. With that, folks, let's listen to the story of John Voigt's arrival in the land of Israel. First tour guide, Aaron Shafir. And God bless you guys. More great stuff is on the way. The show goes on. Torah is also coming up next. And we're going to be strong together. Bezrat Hashem. And uh, Hashem is making things happen for His great purpose. Let's pray that we see it with our own fleshly eyes.
All right, folks, I'm in uh, Hebron, beautiful Hebron. It's a foggy day, wintry day, and I'm here with Aaron Schaefer, Rabbi Aaron Schaefer, master tour guide, also a sofer, father of many kids, and a friend, and somebody who I actually met through, uh, interestingly enough, not through any of those things which are all close to me, but rather through Periscope. At the time, Twitter had this live broadcasting platform. It's since been defunct. Uh, but he was a master at, uh, at periscoping around the land of Israel. And today, he's got an amazing gig, and he's bringing the fine and awesome actor, John Voigt, to uh, Eretz Israel and to Hebron and around the country. And the noises that you hear are, are Hebron being built and the, and the Goodnick Center being rebuilt. We just had some coffee, so I might sound a little jittery. It's all good. Aaron Schaefer, Rabbi Shalom, and welcome to Hebron. Shalom Aleichem Yishai. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Yes, and you're not here only with me. We're also with the forefathers and mothers, with Hashem, God Almighty. But we're also with a fabulous, not just an actor, but a lover of Israel, a lover of the Torah, a lover of the Bible, John Voigt. And he's such a fun guy. Thank you so much for bringing him. Tell me what this story is about. Why is he here? Is he on tour here today? So John is here, not so much on a tour. He's been on tours of Israel before, and he's actually done a tour of Hebron before. But today, John is here as part of a project that we're doing, uh, creating a 10-part television series about the history of the people of Israel in the land of Israel, focusing mainly on the biblical sites starting from the time of Abraham, Avram Avinu, Alava Shalom, till uh, the time of the destruction of the first temple, and then talking about the prophecies of redemption and return and uh, the ancient connection of the people of Israel to this land. Awesome. That, but, okay, that was very, that was a good answer, but also very technical. Okay, I got it. But, like, there's this dude, and his name is John Voigt, and he's, like, the father of Angelina Jolie, and he's a Hollywood guy, and he was, like, an American treasure, whatever that's called, and, and here he is in, in real life walking around here. Wh- why is he here? Tell me about spending time with him. What is he like? What does this whole thing really feel like inside? So John Voigt, for decades now, has been a big friend of the Jewish people. I think that, as far as I know, his connection started with being asked to perform on the Chabad telethon that fundraises money for the Chabad institutions in Los Angeles and since that time he got connected with Chabad, got connected with the Lubavitcher Rebbe and through that to the Jewish people, the land of Israel, the people of Israel and the story of the people of Israel and he feels very close to it he's a Bible believer, he's a very strong believer in God Uh, he considers himself a Ben Noach, a Noahide that is to say someone who believes in the seven uh, Noahide commandments which are universal to all uh, human beings who are descended from Adam and Eve and from Noah. And uh, it's just natural for him to be here. But what's really amazing is that he's the one who came up with the idea of this project. He's a partner in a television station called JLTV, Jewish uh, Life Television in in the United States. And uh, he's been dreaming to do something about the period of the Bible for years. And now he's finally carrying out that dream. It's awesome. And he is not a young man. And at first you may think he's kind of elderly, but then you see that he's actually quite sprightly, quite energetic, and quite nimble in his mind, and, and he is just excited to be here. And he also gets our balagan, right? He get, not only does he get like, he just, you can see that he understands that the Middle East is not all, you know, flushed out, it's not all worked out, it's still a messy reality around here, and he seems to be swimming like a fish uh, in, in this reality. Tell me about like one spot, you, you are a great tour guide, Aaron Schaefer, uh, and uh, great also on Instagram. Um, You've taken them to a lot of cool places. Tell me one place that like touched you, touched him, and guys uh, felt the felt felt the connection there. So the truth is that uh, John has been moved to tears at multiple sites that we've been to. 
And every time that we can go to a place and say, this is where Abraham stood, or this is where Joseph stood, or this is where David stood, and to point to something and see it and feel it, and he just connects to the energy that's there, to the environment that's there. And he's been moved to tears in multiple places. But uh, a couple days ago, before Shabbat on Friday, uh, I took him to a place that's really not very well known here in the land of Israel. It's called Mizbeach Manoach. It is probably the actual altar where Manoach, the father of Samson, uh, together with his wife, who isn't named in the Bible, uh, met an angel who told them that his wife, who was previously barren, is going to uh, become pregnant and have a child. And after the whole encounter, Manoach brings a sacrifice on the rock, which is also called an altar and a rock in the same uh, verses. And when he's done, uh, the angel sort of uh, ascends in the fire of the of the altar up to heaven and they fall on their face and awe of this event and Manoach says we're going to die for having seen uh, the face of an angel and his wife says no clearly God has sent us this is a blessing and if he wanted to kill us he wouldn't have given us these good tidings and that rock is actually still there in the fields outside of ancient Sora and what today is called the Hartuv industrial zone and actually the industrial zone is encroaching on this and swallowing it up so that it's left as a little island preserved surrounded by more and more warehouses and industrial buildings and when we got there we couldn't even get to it because there was so much dirt piled up from the bulldozers that we weren't even sure if it's still there when we got there and I almost said to John you know what you're gonna have to turn back because I can't take you 83 years old climbing through all this dirt and mud and he before I could even get my warning out he was already jumping over it hopping over it like a like a mountain goat and when he got there and he understood the meaning of the site and after everything was explained to him he was moved to tears from being there i want to tell you that i i you told me about the site a few days ago i started looking it up and i was like i've never been there and i am very i have a big heart for the samson story very interested in it and all of its aspects and i am just absolutely totally psyched to go there and to get there uh, and I was just like myself, just from hearing about it, I was like, oh my God. And I saw pictures of it, and I'm like, I've never been there. I will go there, Bezrat Hashem. Sure, I'll take you there. God willing, as soon as this uh, project is done later this week, we'll have to make a time, and I'd be happy to take you there and explain it all to you. You know what? I might just take you up on that. I, I won't just even might... charge you, Yesha. <laughs> it's free you're for too, you. You're too kind. You're too kind. I appreciate it. Uh, Aaron Schaefer, God bless you. Uh, thank you so much for bringing John Voigt uh, to Hebron, uh, to the land of Israel. Uh, I think that it's fair to say that this is a Kiddush Hashem. I think it's a Kiddush Hashem. I really do. A, a sanctification of God's name. Sanctification of the Bible. The consciousness of the Bible has been so eroded uh, in the world. And to see an actor out of L.A., you know, this place where, like, the erosion of it, uh, of, of values, has, has been, it's one of the epicenters of it. And to see him here... It's a beautiful thing. Um, I, I, I'm really praying and blessing the video that comes out of this uh, to be something that touches the world. Okay. We, need, we need so much more of this. And, and it's also important to, to say, add one more point, which is you are a Chabadnik, a Lubavitcher, and you also brought a contingent of Lubavitchers together with John. And Lubavitch is, is part of this whole thing. And I think that it is uh, the vision of the Lubavitcher Rebbe uh, to spread light into this world, to use all the vessels that you can, to use Hollywood, to use these things, uh, to, to spread uh, God consciousness. So I want to honor uh, the, 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 I was going to say the memory, but that's not the right word, uh, the, the power, the continued inspiration of the Lubavitcher Rebbe uh, as this project unfolds.
Thank you very much, Ishai. I just have to say, I didn't bring a contingency of Chabad people. They brought me. <laughs> and I'm honored as a Chabad Chassid to be somebody who gets included in such an important thing. It's absolutely a major Kiddush Hashem. And John is absolutely sincere. He's real. And he loves the people of Israel. He loves the God of Israel. And he loves the land of Israel. And I hope that every Jew will have as much love for the land of Israel as John does. All right, folks. From Hebron with John Void, Aaron Shafir. Yishai Fleischer here. Beautiful day. It's clearing up. We're going to do some great video. Bezrat Hashem. Pray for us to have success. Shalom. John Voigt, so great to have you here in Hebron. It's great to be with you. T- tell me why are you here. You, you, because I heard of your dynamic personality. I wanted to meet you in person. And that's why you came? <laughs> that's ex- exactly No, it. we're here for the forefathers and mothers. No? That, that's what we are, yeah. Tell well, me about that. Why are well, you here today? Well, what we, we're doing here is we're part of a, a, a little... Um, show on JLTV and it'll be on a couple of other places that is about the land of Israel and we're calling it the land of Israel God's story Mm. and it is God's story so what we want to do is we want to trace the beginnings of it and come here and show people the places where these events happened and uh, get an insight into the personalities of the patriarchs and all of the, the chosen people that have brought us to this time, you know. John, John, you're a Hollywood actor. You know, not everybody, ah. not everybody you in Hollywood knew, likes that. You know that. that. Yeah, not, every, not everybody <laughs> likes what you're doing here. Tell me, like, why? Why would you? Well, wait a minute. At your How, young what age do you mean? Of, why would they have anything against me being here? Well, there's, there's people who've got issues with this. Anti-Semitism is a problem from the beginning, and once we conquer it, like people, I'll tell you something. Uh, I was in Russia, and it was right after uh, a certain kind of openness. It was in 1991. And uh, they asked me, they said, what's, uh, what's the answer to world peace? <laughs> right. <laughs> because they had a, a burst of uh, freedom. They could ask any question they wanted right, to ask. Right. Right? And they asked me that question, an actor from Hollywood. Right. right. And I said, uh, I said, when all the nations come to appreciate the Jews, there'll be peace on earth. Hmm. And I thought about it. Since then, and I said, that's exactly the right answer. Perfect answer, you know? And I think that the story that we're, the story that we're telling uh, gives us that insight. That if we just understand God's trying to reach human, human beings and bring them to the glory that he wants for them. To share his glory with them, right? And, he, and, and he, every time he made an experiment, they failed. So he found this fellow Abraham. And he put his faith in Abraham, tested him out, and uh, his progeny was going to be his hope. So he's betting on the people, the chosen people, to bring us all, all the nations, be a blessing to all nations, is what God told Abraham, to bring us to that time when we can all come and enjoy each other and, 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 uh, and find ourselves in joy and peace and love. And uh, and and the and the Jewish people have got, had their ups and downs, but they've done it really. When you come to Israel, you see yes, these extraordinary things that are happening. This is these people have have come back to this land as they were as it was told they would do, and uh, and they're the answer. So we have to be because this energy of God, and, and the more I meet the people who are connected to this energy. They're 
performing all these wonderful things for us all. And there, there are saints in every religion, and those are the guides for all of us, you know. Uh, and uh, we're coming to a time when we're coming together. I be really believe we're coming to that time, even though we've been through some really rough times very recently. I think uh, there's uh, there's peace in sight. Something marvelous is happening. So with the Abraham Accords, that was a big jump, and no one saw that coming. And I think we're on our way, see? So anyway, that's what we're doing here. John Voigt at the Tomb of the Patriarchs and Matriarchs. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you so much for being here. God bless you. God bless you from here. All right, everybody, shalom, and welcome to the Ishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Judea to the world, and you are a part of it wherever you are. Shalom and welcome to all of you who haven't been live in a, in a few days here, uh, in a while, it's been busy, and I'm not by myself, but rather joined by Rav Mike Foyer. Rav Mike, shalom and welcome. Oh, shalom, Ishai, it's good to see you. Yeah, it's great to, to be with you again. We haven't been on for a while. Uh, it's I been, want to point out quite, that you have been alive for the last few days. You just haven't been yes, broadcasting. I've been alive. I've been alive, quite alive, really. And uh, the thing is, is that you know that they have this thing that they call uh, uh, for women. They have this thing called pregnant brain, right? Where it's like women become a little less, uh, you know, remember, like things are forgetful and stuff like that when they're pregnant. I think you're and, treading on thin ice. Right. And, and my wife used to used to say to me that she used to think that this was a joke. But it turns out that it's not a joke at all. And, and the answer is, it's not, it's kind of like more simple than it would seem. Your body is doing a lot of creative energy. It's channeling towards make, creating. It's something called 3D printing. Okay. You're, you're, you're making a baby here. Okay? And that's a 3D. super hyper creative process. So your mind energy is just, even though your, your conscious mind is not active in it, but some place is creating something. And so the same thing for me, I've been working a lot. In Hebron, especially at the tomb of uh, Ruth and Ishai, and and the beautification projects, and it's just been so consuming that my mind simply has been like dropping stuff and uh, and and kind of deciding I need that I need that CPU space somewhere else, that CPU power somewhere else. So it's good to be back with you, and uh, it's not coincidental as we're talking about this that we have a Torah portion that's really all about the creation of the vessels and the vestments uh, for. The temple. But before we get to that, Rav Mike, we have a special Shabbat coming up, which is called Shabbat Shkalim, right? Uh, and this is this is uh, uh, the first of four special Shabbatot. It occurs either on the last Shabbat of the month of Shvat or on the Shabbat, which the year coincides with Rosh Chodesh Adar, or in the Shabbat early in Adar. In any case, it's a special reading of a Torah portion we just read, which is from Kitisa last week. And this describes a census in which the Jewish people uh, were were counted, not counted actually, but through this other thing, um, that while it's forbidden to, to count Jews in an ordinary manner, people contributed this half shekel, and this half shekel uh, was equal about roughly to uh, one U.S. dollar, and this collected shekel, shkalim, were used to upkeep the tabernacle later at the temple, but it was also a way to count the Jewish people. Uh, uh, Rashi says that that when, when Moses was like, what does this shekel look like? God showed him a shekel of fire. The fiery so shekel. With a fiery shekel, which which he said, this shekel is burning a hole in my pocket. Ooh, that's, that's a good one. You've used that before. <laughs> so tell me, tell me a little bit about Parshat Shkalim and why we're reading it this Shabbat. I mean, there's so much. First of all, it, it, there's uh, you don't count Jews, but Jews do count. <laughs> and, and 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 I think that that's a a very important 
piece here in that um, the Klaliut, the sort of embracing national story, right? The fact that we're building the tabernacle, which is a which is a whole nation effort, and in the end of the day, you know, the average person doesn't even come near the tent of meeting, or or rather, rather not the tent of meeting anymore, but but the 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 um the Mishkan itself. Nonetheless, every single person has an individual importance. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's part of the message here. You know, the, the original donation that you referred to in Parsha Kitisa from last week, um, the half shekel of silver was used for the Adanim, for, which were the sockets that sit at the base of the boards, which are the physical structure of the Mishkan. With all the decorative curtains and, you know, goat hair covering, takashim, all this stuff. In the end of the day, the physical structure is made of these wooden boards that are covered in golden cells, and they have silver sockets. Those sockets were made from the contribution of an equal contribution of every single person. And I think the message is clear there, is that if you don't have the participation of every Jew in the construction of this holy place, then it's not going to really fulfill that command of God as a suli mikdash, right? Make me a mikdash, and I will dwell amongst you. And there has to be always this tension between the role of the individual and their contribution toward what we would say perhaps call the national project. That's one piece. Then, but that was then. Well, this is now. Like why are we, like you're saying this, but it's still, it's, it's, this week is, is part of Shekhan. What does that have to do with us now? Well, historically speaking, after the Mishkan, entering into the period of the Mikdash, of the temple, right, this was the time when the Kohanim would send out the announcement that the temple, so-called temple tax, was was uh, going to begin to be collected. And what was that used for? It wasn't just accounting for census, but it was a contribution that everyone made toward, not the maintenance per se, by the way, because that was what's called bedekabai. That was for, like, you know, you know, repairing the walls and, I don't know, re, re, replating the, gold or... It's the building fund. The Come building on. fund, right? This yeah, is not the, the building fund. fund. Yeah. This is actually for the korbanot tibur, for the communal sacrifices. Which is very important to remember is that even though the Kohanim do the avoda, they do the service. And even though, God forbid, a, a, a poor agricultural Jew in the northern Galilee might find it difficult to even make it to the temple three times a year for the commanded pilgrimages, every communal sacrifice which is offered comes from the wholeness of Am Yisrael. Everyone gives... Right. A half shekel tour, and that, and this is the beginning. That's why we do it now. Is that is that they would begin each year of new sacrifice, meaning purchasing sacrifices from the new collection on Nissan, and so they they sort of like a, a little bit more than a month in advance started sending out the call, and people from all the way from Babylon, and even you know we know there's evidence in Josephus that people would send the half shekel tax from far flung elements, far flung areas of the Roman Empire. So, but but going even further, what about today? Because today we don't have a temple. She have an well, I, I think I think I have I have my friend Yitzi here, uh, Yitzi Kasowitz, who is the uh, purveyor of Jbrick, Jbrick.com, Jewish Lego, and he's actually making an incredible model of the tomb of the patriarchs and matriarchs that's going to be shown in Hebron. And now that Israel's opening up, he's going to uh, bring it himself. I hope to Hebron and install it. It's, it's still in negotiation and in works. So Fantastic. he writes, I think, the answer to your question, or, or maybe one answer to your question, which is he says, half shekel, he says, count me in, right? Yes. That's like a way of saying, count me in. I want to be counted. 
But there's something very beautiful. We used to watch basketball and they would say, count it, right? Remember that? Right. All right. Uh, But there's something very beautiful about the way in which it has manifest in our time. I mean, the the Torah has a mitzvah of half shekel. Latina or Rav, we can't fulfill it today because the temple doesn't stand. Uh, I bless you. I hope you bless me back that we should be able to fulfill that obligation in its fullness. But today, what do we do? Like, what, what's the tradition coming uh, part of Chicago? What's everybody going to do? Tell me. What, with uh, with uh, half a shekel? With the half shekel? Yeah, what do they do with their money? What do they do? Uh, give it to the shul. What, you walk into your shul, what are you going to see there? A pushka. Uh, it's Not just one, box. though, right? Yeah, I don't know about your shul. Right. right. Many, Me- meaning charities. you come into the shul in Parshakalim and it's like, oh, I didn't even heard of half these charities. That's right. Right. Uh, it, it, it's a beautiful thing. What does it mean when 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 Yitzhak says count me in? As a Jew, what does it mean count me in? It means we give. Right. It means we give. Right. And in 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 that sense, one could make an argument that the Jews were the first people, at least we have on record, I can't speak to elsewhere, who understood that that um participation involves giving. Right? And there's a tax that we pay for membership, not as a privilege, but as an expression of who we are. What it means to be part of Am Yisrael is to give toward our collective mission. So today we don't have a temple. Today we give toward those in need, whether it's educational institutions or, or, or God forbid, the poor or whatever it is. I think it's a beautiful or, expression. Or, or building the land of Israel. Or building the land of Israel. Developing right? the land of Israel. You know, and and, and, and I think sometimes that... that that please God, we should be able to give that half shekel every year toward the sacrifices in the temple. I do hope, however, that we don't stop giving toward the needs of building the land and, and supporting the poor and, and, and furthering Torah education because it's a fantastic thing. And and so it's one of the things I find most exciting about this season is that we, you know, as much as you know it's Adar and we're rejoicing in the in in the in the party and the et cetera, et cetera. Have you noticed how much Tzedakah starts to flow through Am Yisrael in this season. Yeah. I mean, it culminates on Purim itself, and it's a mitzvah for everyone to give, you know, Matanot Levinim, gifts to the poor. It's a, it is an amazing thing. Just unspeakable amounts of money that just begin to empty people, empty their pockets and just give. That's right. And, 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 and ideally, that's what makes us happy. Right. And it also is... Uh, when you are, instead of hoarding, you're releasing. This is also like an Eastern type thought. Like you become a channel. You become a channel. And that's what a Jew is. That's what the Torah is. I would, I, we're always having this problem. It's not an Eastern thought. I mean, yeah, of course it belongs to these as well. For us, it's chesed. That's what chesed is. Yes. Chesed yes. is to allow something to flow through. It's unbounded. Right. First thing, first thing, Eastern is, it, it, you cannot you cannot deny the Jew-boo tradition. Second thing it's I would say that the Jew precedes the boo. That's fine. That's fine. But but sometimes, you know what? Sometimes it's expressed more clearly in a language that's like, okay, you know what I mean? You're you're like they're saying to you, like, it's not it's not deeply hidden. It's it's just on the face of it. They're like, they're like, you gotta channel these things. And and mm-hmm. sometimes you you learn from the outside world, like, you know, the Romans have a wisdom. Sometimes you understand that wisdom, and then you can bring it the spirituality out of it. And I think that's the Jewish I, I said, but we're, we're gonna, You're not going to. We're going. This is an argument between us yeah. down that's through right. the generations. In any case, right? in any case, if there's a Jewish term, I'd rather use it. Well, I, you know what? And I and I say, if there's sometimes a a a let's say in this case Eastern term, sometimes it like gives that. It's like it's like it's like we played ball together with everybody. The nations came up with an idea. We explained it, and it's like wow, we just 
we just we just we just raised it up. All right, you, you can of course decide what you like better. You can write me an email, yishayishayfleisher.com, <laughs> and I'm sure we can find that argument in the Torah itself. Uh, I just I just saw an argument in one of the Daf Yomis uh, with Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel. Was the heaven created first? Was the land created first? Yeah, Shmaim Bar. It's the in the in the chatim between the first and the second uh, chapters in Bereshit. Right, and it was like it was like Beit Shammai, and and you could tell like like Beit Shammai is like no, like heaven, heaven is heaven is what was created first, and Hillel's like uh, Beit Hillel's like no, the, the earth was created first, and it was like you could see that they have a different philosophy of life based on where that where that particular thought uh, uh, leads them. Well, if you want to go uh, down that case, rabbit hole, I'm ready to do it. Otherwise, pull yeah. out now. <laughs> now, there's a famous argument between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel. Was it is it good for a person to have to, been born, with, have been created? What? Yeah, right. Or better, and, and it even it's says the ultimate, uh, the ultimate Jewish argument. Right, and then they even it even says how long they argued. They argued for a a year and a half. Right, what, on, and on what's the topic. resolution? The resolution was uh, that that may better not be created. But now that you're created, but now that you've been created. Make Might as well yeah, make the most of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what could be more Jewish? It's like, no, no, in the end, okay, okay, okay. It, it would have been better not, but yeah. He, but even that, you know, it's, like, that it's like the, you know, the, the old uh, joke, like, oh, the food in this restaurant is terrible, and the portions are so small. Yeah. <laughs> but wouldn't, wouldn't you give, wouldn't you, what would you give to be a fly on the wall to see Shammai and Hillel arguing the question uh, imagine of, the fire? Of, 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 of was it worth it to be born or not? I, I imagine would, the, the fire. I, I, w- I would love to be there to see that. That that would be... Well, that's why, you know, you know the power of that argument was because Hillel gave everything to be the fly on the wall. He was too poor to get into the Beit Midrash, so he, he, he snuck up and would look down through the skylight just to hear their conversations. You know the story, right? And then he got snowed over in one terrible winter in Jerusalem. They had to save him. And because they realized how devoted he was to Torah, they let him in. That's right. I have a whole story regarding that particular the Talmudic story. Uh, and speaking of the Talmud, before we get to the Torah portion, I just wanted to hit something. Um, the Talmud was also in, in the Daf Yomi cycle. Uh, we are in. Um, we are studying uh, the the question of um, what mystical doctrines are really allowed to be studied and when. And uh, the question came up about Masemer Kava, which is the the chariot work. Is that the right way? Is that what they had they call it, or do they have a special name for that? Yeah. Ezekiel's chariot. It, it's great, and there's a great line which is like uh, like Isaiah. He also saw the chariot, but because he's more like a it's like a city boy seeing the king, and that's more like a more regular thing. As opposed to Ezekiel, who's more like a country boy seeing the king, and he's more awed by it, and that's why he wrote all the details down. I just like well, that. Well, but it's important part of the context if people aren't familiar with um, what the what the Gemara is referring to is that, you know, of course, uh, Yeshayahu Isaiah had his vision of you know the holy, 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 what the the angels say to each other. But his vision of the presence of God coming to rest was within the temple itself. And so hence, he's the city boy, so to speak. Whereas Yechezkel was out there by the by Al Kvar at the banks of the river Kvar, he's out and he's in Babylon. The fact that the presence of God could appear to him outside the land of Israel at the time was a theological revolution, and it's important to remember that in 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 context of the role that the Maasem Merkava, right, this sort of uh, the works of the chariot, as he called it, 
play in Jewish history. So where are we going with this? I just, I just kind of like, it's the first chapter of, of Ezekiel, a tricky book filled with different visions, including... It was almost excluded vision. from the educational curriculum by the rabbis. Right, because it has a different version of what the third temple is going to look like. It's also got a different version. This is very interesting to me. Of what the borders of the land of Israel are going to be, many much more complicated. Yeah, right. It's it's got a lot of it's got a lot of stuff. It's definitely a wild book, and um, and yet they say that this uh, chariot with its electric fire, with its uh, four faces, all these things are the root of the mystical tradition. It's not just they say. I mean, it has been. It has been developed and delved into, practically speaking, since he received that vision to our very day. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, I, and I think if one wants to understand that in a way in which is both permissible to speak of and accessible, a lot of it comes down to the question of why is it called Maaseh Merkava? What's a Merkava? A chariot. A chariot, right? So, which on one level doesn't really help you. On the other level, we have to understand that the that um, the three lettered root is rechev, right? Reish kaf vet, right? The hakiv, right, is to combine two things. That's why chariot is called the merkava because it's a there's the chariot and there's the rider. It's a vehicle. Right. So when we speak about Masa Merkava, what we're what we're striving for, which is of course the end goal of all mystical devotion, is how do we make ourselves into a vehicle for the divine? Oh, it looks like either I got lost or Yishai got lost. No, oh, no, there no, he's I'm here, back. I'm here. Keep 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 going. Uh, how do we how do we make ourselves into a vehicle for the divine? Right? And and when we speak about Masa Merkava, I'm not going to delve into the details, but the idea that 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 Ezekiel's vision wasn't just his own experience, but somehow in its incredible and complex detail, it offers us an opportunity for a practice, for how we ourselves can ready ourselves to actually receive the divine presence in our life. We can become a Merkava. It's a language that the sages use elsewhere. They refer to Avram Avino and, and the Avod as, as, as a Merkava. Right? Um, in the Bible, Elijah the prophet, Eliyahu, right? Elisha, as he sees him ride up into the heavens into a in a fiery chariot, where he calls him, you know, Rechav Yisrael, right? right. They, they, and so, in, in, in the end of the day, I think that the place where it becomes accessible and relevant to the average person who isn't conversant in the depths of Jewish mysticism and isn't going to, you know, sort of learn these things on their own or seek out a teacher is that it is possible for a human being to be a vehicle for the divine. Mm -hmm. and, and, and most importantly, in the Yechezkel, it even though prophecy, properly speaking, belongs in the land of Israel, nonetheless, God is everywhere. Well, I mean, the, the, uh, the commentators say that the reason that he was able to receive prophecy outside of the land of Israel is because it was related to the land of Israel. It Correct, was, but the Mas Merkavah, but, but, but understand why you, you, you're referring to this because of Daf Yomi. Why? In the Gemara in, in, in Chagiga, which deals with many of these sort of like uh, questions of, of, of mystical practice, is not prophecy. It's not prophecy, but nonetheless, 
it is the the attempt at what the philosophers call gnosis, a true God knowledge, right? And 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 that comes through our mystical tradition as a practice, which is rooted in the fact that yes, yeah, he was a prophet, but but this was this was a practice which is available outside of the land of Israel. It's very important for keeping alive through the prophets, all the way through the mystics, down through the Goanim and the Rishonim, all the way through until the Arizal and the Balshemtov. This this tradition with which exists to our very day, the fact that that um, standard legal based religiosity is complemented with an experiential element of receiving God. Lehavdil, Lehavdil, to distinguish a thousand distinguishments, I happen to have been today on a tour of the old city of this Sufi Islam. And that Where the mystics. Was, right, and, 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 and the, the, the main concern was having a true spiritual experience uh, of, of feeling God in your life. By the way, with all the lahavdils there, I'll let you go in a second. Yeah. It's important to note that the that the the Tan de Eliyahu of all things, the midrash of of the students of of uh, Eliyahu, um, says that that um, they testify. In fact, right, call heaven and earth testimony that the spirit of God rests on everyone: man, woman, Jew, non-Jew, slave, free man according to their actions. So there is something, it's very important to note in the, in the Sufi tradition, and I believe, by the way, one of the reasons that the Sufis have been amongst all the Muslims the most receptive to the return of Am Yisrael to our land is because they sense the potential for a much broader, which is, of course, the Jewish purpose, a much broader human experience of the divine, something which they themselves as a small group within Islam have devoted their entire history too. That's right. And I don't know if you got a chance to see uh, my video with John Voigt this week. Because, I did get to see uh, it actually. You did, right? I follow you on Twitter. No? Y yeah, you know, but I just, that particular video, um, I really cannot credit myself uh, uh, too much at all. There was just something about this three and a half minutes of what he said, which was so fiery and clear. He was just like, Basically, like if you want a better world, love the Jews, and they're going to channel spirituality, and the whole world will be better through it. That's what God had. That's God's plan. It was just such a powerful testament of this stuff of like a of a of a. And I I, I dare say the people that 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 try to love the Jews, which is not an easy task, and and, and they do that. Speaking as a Jew, you are correct. <laughs> yeah, I just see that those people who want to love the Jews have more God in their life, and are just more. Uh, satisfied with with God's glory in this world, with all of its ups and downs, they they have more resilience to the challenge. And there's just something there's there's something very very beautiful, uh, and and the most beautiful things like the Balfour Declaration come out of uh, that that love that realization that this is God's beloved people, love them, even with all of their ups and downs, and 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 you traverse through the challenges of this world into you know into a, a satisfied life and, and hopefully seeing the third temple and, and, and Mashiach, you know, it's like, it's like that kind of like life. I, I want to add one more thing, which is last week's Torah portion. We did our best to talk about it. And yet there was so much in Kitisa. One thing that I have to say that I, I didn't get a chance. It was actually a very non-political show last week, uh, at least the Torah portion part. What? I just want to say like the greatest moment of mankind's achievement is when Moses, the man, the human being, talks face-to-face -face with God 
practically in heaven, in the cloud. And this is a moment of the revelation of the deepest secrets. God shows his back. Did he see that Moses sees tefillin? What does that even mean? What's written in God's tefillin? What is the world all about? There's a revelation of the deepest secrets. And at that moment, God says to Moses basically the following. Uh, before we go on, I just want to say, don't make any deals with the seven nations or the Philistines. And just don't, don't give them your land. Just don't do that. Like, don't, 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 don't try to give your land away. When you go back down, you know, before I tell you anything else, I just want you to make sure you know this. Don't give away your land. I know you have a propensity to do so. Hold on to your land. Knock down their like high structures and their and their and their and their places of worship. And and then come to me three times a year to Jerusalem. Nobody's gonna fight with you. You'll see. Just trust me on this. Don't cut a deal. Don't give away your land. Come three times a year. It'll be all good. That's what I want to tell you before we go on. I think and, that's like very like. But like, you see whoa. the clear connection to 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 Ezekiel to Yechezkel. Go ahead. Said, What's God saying to Moshe? He said, you're here with me now, but if you want there to be a Merkava, you want there to be a Rechev, you want there to be actually a connection between heaven and earth, that earth should actually be a vehicle for the heavenly plan, then don't dismiss the chariot. You're so focused on the rider, Moshe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's so easy, and this is one of the fatal flaws of all spirituality and religiosity. Get me into my prayer space. Put me up on the hilltop. Let me remove from the world, and then I can contact God. God says to Moshe, absolutely, you're right, but I have a plan for the earth. Heaven I got taken care of. It's not a problem. It's nice that you come to visit me, Moshe, but I, I don't really need you here, right? Where I need you is on earth, and that is exactly the purpose of the Jewish people. It's why, by the way, people like John Voigt say, right, love the Jews, and blessing will come to the world. Why? It's not because of the Jews. I mean, with all due respect, I do love the Jews, and I love us because we're us. But but what does it mean? It's because the Jews are meant to be the connection between Shema and Ba'an, between heaven and earth. So when he says love the Jews, what is he saying? Believe that there can be a connection between heaven and earth. Mm -hmm. exactly. And even when it's hard and we don't do our job, God should give us strength. Nonetheless, our very existence is a testimony to the fact that there is a Rechev, that there is a Harkavah, that there is a Merkavah. And, and so that, that's why, in the midst, like you're pointing out, it's like it doesn't make sense in shot, right? It's like he's 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 as high as the human being gets. Why are we talking politics, right? And, and, and the answer is because without it, it's, it doesn't have a reality. Mm -hmm. This is the world that God wants to change. Let's uh, let's just say hi to some of our friends first. We got all the way from Spokane, Washington, Bokerto from the Komi Kumiuri. Kumi Uri. That's right. That's a great That's name. Awesome. Thank you very much. God bless you guys. And uh, sh uh, they also sent this picture of these three chickens, which makes me think it must be a chicken farm as well. And so okay, we want to bless those. Farm. We want to bless those eggs of yours. And uh, you could ship it, it to me. Productive. I'd like a Spokane. Be a productive winner. I mean, I would like a Spokane, Washington, Komi Ori egg. Okay. Uh, uh, so send it over to me. Frozen, uh, frozen know, chicken. I want. I want something from there. That's awesome. Okay. Great. T-shirt. Uh, my, 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 uh, my, my friend and moving uh, slightly east from Spokane, right, all the way to Idaho. Slightly got, east. No, it's got, not so far from Spokane. We got the man, Moshe Herman, Sam Shalom, bro. And he also says, Shalom, Rav Mike. Hi, Moshe. Shalom to you, Rav Moshe. At least I know where Idaho is in relation to Spokane. You should give him a hard time later, Moshe. Yeah. What did I say? I said close by. I don't no, know. You didn't I, say. 
I, th- I know where Idaho is. It's moving on. Thing. Moving it's on, in the on. thing. It's over there. It's right, right in the middle New York guy. The thing on the left a little bit and then yeah, up. And it's right, in the right. middle. Yeah. Uh, we also have uh, hello, uh, Howdy from Columbia, South Carolina. Y'all from Chris. Hi, Chris. Shalom, Chris. Y'all come back now. You here? God bless you. And thank you so much for being with us. Who else we got? We got Lou. He's checking up on us. He says, Shalom, Yishandra of Mike looking and sounding good. Thank you very thank you, much, Lou. Lou. And Lou's on the team as well. So thank you, Lou, for making the show happen and checking on the sound. Uh, then we got we got more. We got we got a lot of we got like a southern thing going on today. We got Hay from Southeast Georgia, uh, not southern, down home. We got a down home thing going on. I'm going to say, well, we're assuming Southeast Georgia in terms of America, and and not uh, you know the former Soviet Union, which that's well, like, get, Southeast I, I, Georgia and the former Soviet Union right now is a dicey place to be. Yeah, it's going to be all good. It's going to be all good. I'm 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 pretty much I'm pretty much I'm, I'm determined much, not to go there with you right now. Let's just yeah, let it go. go Sorry, I mentioned it. No worries, no worries. We'll, we'll we'll hold back on the Ukraine Russia thing I'm about. Yes, we're not Fine. Going there right now. Evo says shalom. Louis says Louis says uh, hello, fellas. Shalom. Shirley says, I heard that story. I don't remember what she's talking about. Oh, then the, she says, I love the book of Yechezkel. Great. Uh, and um, let's see what else. And this is in Russian. It says Nadezhda tovo. Lenko. Okay, Nadezhda. means hope. So that's that's somebody's first names. So that's great. Okay, thank you very much. And a lot of other good stuff. Who else wants to say something? Oh, we have here uh, Shalom from North Carolina, Maryland. Easy. All right, so we got the Carolinas covered. Carolina on my mind. And we got uh, hello from Missouri, from from Teresa. So basically, we got a lot of folks all over. Good down home folks. Speaking oh, of sure. down home folks, uh, we have here in the parsha. In the Torah portion of Vayakel, many years uh, the Vayakel Pekude are together. The last two Torah portions of the Book of Exodus. In this week, because we have uh, inter, what is it called? Inter, inter, not calculation. Inter, inter. Oh, oh the intercalated. Uh, in, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> intercalated and percolated month. We have, we have this week. That's right. Which means that we have an extra uh, a month this year. And it's a blessing uh, to those of us who do Steinmaker Echad Targum every day. That's right. So we have more uh, time to to, to read the Rashi's. And this this week is just Vayakel. And and yet again, it mentions something that's so powerful, which is that uh, Moses says about about Betzalel, he's like he's like this guy that's going to make the vessel's investments. See, God has called him out by name. God has called him out by name. And uh, oh, and Shirley says inter, inter. Yeah, intercalated. Inter, intercal, intercalated. Intercalated. I said that to you. Come on. I had intercalated on coffee me. this morning. What's the big deal? Oh, you uh, drink that stuff. Come on. <laughs> I gotta up your game. Only, only once, only a few times, every seven years. Anyway, so uh, and Yitzi's also from South Nine Florida out of, as well. Seven out of every nineteen. Yeah, yeah. Seven out of every twelve years. Anyway, nineteen. So, how much is it? Seven out of every nineteen. Oh, was that it? Oh, because yeah. it's because it's with the the solar, the solar thing, right? Is that why? Yeah, exactly. You know, you know, I have a doctor in Yerushalayim who wrote a book about about the, the it's calendar. So, I mean, try to learn the Rambam's Ilchot Good luck with that. Yeah, it's tricky business. It's tricky business. Uh, that's and that's why we have uh, Jewish math geeks who take care of that kind of stuff. Uh, and I mean that, of course, in the modern way in, of the word in, geek, in, which is the Jews were the original math geeks. That's right. No, there's no question about that one. 
Euclid don't got nothing on us. All right. So, so speaking of engineer types, so Betzalel ben Uri ben Chur is an engineer type. But I just want to point out that in the last no, he was an artist. He was an artist slash artisan. artisan. He was an artisan. Right. That, 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 that's a thing. That's the thing. From I concept actually, to design to execution. It's very important. Right. right. Real artists ship. Ship. That's right. So uh, Muzzle Wolf used to tell me that a lot. So it's Seth uh, Gordon's line. No, I think it's what's his name? It's Seth Gordon. I, he, he attributed it's it to... It's not Steve uh, Jobs. I don't think it's Steve Jobs. I think it's Seth Whatever. Gordon. Whatever. Let us know who, who said that line. Somebody Google yeah. that. Check him. Somebody, yeah, Google that. Check on the show. Yeah, get out there and Google it. Um, in any case, uh, just, just very quickly, for God's sake, Google it. Last week, last week's tour portion, we actually this is something that you're not going to see in the proper text, but it's in there, and that is Hur, the son of Kalev and Miriam, gets killed for trying to stop the Jewish people from doing a bad. Don't it's do the, the bad, subtext. right? Don't 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 do the uh, the golden calf, and he gets and he gets killed. He gets killed by the mixed multitude by the Erev Rav. Uh, for for trying to stop the Jewish people from doing this grave sin, and immediately offers that as one of the explanations for why Aaron actually facilitated it because he realized if the people killed him, there'd be no hope for them. That's right. Uh, but I think that that's why in last week's Torah portion, and here as well, there's this extra statement: "See, I have called on the name of Betzalel, the son of Uri, the son of Chor, for the tribe of Judah to do this." You see. What is this like you see? Why not just say, uh, I've called upon, like, what is this extra highlight? Hey. Look, look. Behold. Right, look, behold this thing. It's because I see the souls. And if a soul was lost, a body was lost uh, to a, a horrific murder in the act of trying to do sanctification of God's name, I see that. And I don't forget that. And I'll bring that soul back. And I'll, and I'll make sure that it happens right. I make all those calculations. To me, this is the is the Torah proof for the um, transmigration of souls. Right, Gilgul Neshamot. That's exactly it. It's like, you see, I, I counted this thing. I never forgot. And to, when I read these verses, I get a tremendous uh, sense of a relief about the Holocaust. I'm like, you see, God will not forget his people. He will not forget them. And if they have to be reborn and, and, and start again, and all the pain that they that they endured, God will remember that and, and will bless them accordingly. Those people that are his people, the people that suffered, the people that sanctified God's name are not, they're not gone. Their bodies may have suffered, may have been tortured, may have been murdered, God forbid. But but Hashem remembers it. He says, You see, I don't I don't forget my people. I don't drop them. I I I, I know the score. I, I'm the I'm the scorekeeper. I'm the game maker. And 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 I, I will take care uh, of my people. There it is. And in, and in so many ways, it circles us back to where we began in this idea that you don't count Jews, but every Jew counts, right? That 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 in, it's kind of the message that comes through with Machsita Shekel, right? That this half Shekel that we're that we're commemorating is a strange word, that we're remembering through action on this Shabbat is that you know think about it, like like you said, it's a, maybe in today's value on it's a dollar or what is it? I don't I don't I don't. But look, you could say like. What does that really matter? With all the problems of the world, I'm going to give a, a dollar toward fixing it. What does that matter? The answer is, is that, listen, ultimately fixing the problems of the world belongs to God. 
that God wants to be our partner, like 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 we learn from Yechezkel. There needs to be a rechev. There needs to be a vehicle for God to act in the world. Does it need to be? Of course, God, call, call Yechel. God can do what he wants. But but this is the way God made the world. God wants us to be partners, right? That's why it's a half shekel, of course, right? right? We didn't speak about that, but it's not a whole shekel. It's a half shekel. You should understand what you're doing is not solving the problems of the world by what you're capable of giving. What you're doing is solving the problems of the world by expressing your willingness to be a partner. That's right. And, and, and but at the same and, time, the same time, the same time, he reminds you like, so on the one hand, you're like a half because you're a partner with God, you're a partner with your partner, you're a partner with your wife or husband to, to, to make a family, the whole thing. At the same time, like, don't be such a whole. You're a half. Yeah, yeah. You know? so there's a humility there for sure. It's right. very important. But, but in the end of the day, like you're saying, ultimately, each of us is called by name. And if we don't have the merit of, uh, of B'Tzalel to, to, to build the Mishkan, we still have the merit to be a Jew and build the world. Or to be a human being and build your family you know, and, and build your nation. Because we should never fall into the trap of dismissing the importance of the collective that we can construct. Because the larger the vessel, the greater the light. That reminded me of something that you said earlier, which I really liked. I liked I liked Jewish national project. You said national project. I really like that term, national project. I don't know why. Just, just I hear that term national really? project. Really? I find that yeah. so surprising. Yeah, no, I love it. I'm like, national project. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, we should have an organization called Jewish National Project, Jewish National Project.com. It's like, it's like, like JNP is yeah, 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 supposed to be. Yeah, Jewish National Project. I like that a lot. Um, I'm, in any I'm case, guessing you're going to be buying the uh, domain names as soon as we right. end the show. <laughs> Something like that. And and I just want to say that uh, Sunil Najam says, God bless you. God bless Amen. you. Thank you, Sunil. God bless you back. My my uh, my colleague and friend, uh, Yo Seidman, says Chicago in the house. She's also part Yo. of the... Uh, that's right. She's also part of the uh, whole uh, network, the Ishai Fleischer Network and, and our projects. And she's the CFO of Kuma. Does so many great things, including with Laser Lloyd, the great musician. So Yo is in the house from Chicago. Thank you. So we have three of the of the broadcast teammates on top of uh, just us folks. So that's really fun. And then, um, and then, and then, and then Shirley says, Shirley says Hashem is the master chess player. Happens to be that I'm looking for a great chess set for my son Elazar. Uh, so if you have any recommendations, want to send me any Amazon links for a chess set that you like. You think is good? Uh, I was about to buy an Arab ch- a chess set in the Arab uh, market today, uh, but I'm still looking for the one. So if you have a, it doesn't have to be fancy, just a good chess set. Please send me uh, an email, yishayishayfleischer.com. Would appreciate that. Uh, Yo says, thank you, Yishay and Rav Mike. Shirley says, national project. I love that. Uh, and uh, there are many, many more good comments out there. Rev Mike, I promise to let you go before 10 o'clock. So I have four minutes left and I want to be, you know, yekish. So I want to be early. So I want to uh, uh, bless yeah, you a with strange a strange upwelling of yekish energy from you, Shai. <laughs> this is the first time you've ever been early in my <laughs> personal professional experience of you. Well, well, I just, I was hoping early to, to end, not the show up. about 15 minutes ago. So <laughs> I just... I'm just, this is like the red line, you know, when you say to me, uh, like, like my, you know, that, that's my, that's my dad. I was actually going to hit leave studio in about 30 seconds. So it's that's good. Right. You <laughs> me. Hey man, I want to really thank you. Rev Mike for people can reach you uh, at revmike.com. That's right. And at jewishstory.co. Mm-hmm. And they can take part not only in your other show, which is called the Jewish story, 
uh, on the Land of Israel Network, but also your spiritual counseling, which you make yourself available. People can avail themselves of your spiritual counseling. Very useful for those Deep who touch. need some spiritual counseling. So um, God bless all of you folks out there. Rav Mike, Shabbat Shalom, and thanks again for everything. Shabbat Shalom. It's always a pleasure. Good to see you. All right. Shabbat Shalom, and thank you. Happy Shabbat Shalom. We count Rav Mike as a half. Uh, for many of us, he is indeed a, a, a half that, that completes our whole. And I want to thank everybody. I also want to thank uh, my, my good man, Yitzi, here, who, uh, as I said, jbrick, jbrick.com. And I want you to help sponsor Yitzi's uh, uh, Lego set that he's making for the Tomb of the Patriarchs and Matriarchs. I'm going to start thinking about that right now. And you can go to ishaifleischer.com uh, and go to the donate page. And uh, there you could you could donate some funds for the new Lego set that's going to cost us money. Good money uh, for, and I mean by good money, for uh, the uh, Tomb of the Patriarchs and Matriarchs full, beautiful Lego model. It's going to be awesome. Uh, so that's really exciting. So be part of that. And I want to thank folks who go to uh, Buy Me a Coffee, buymeacoffee.com forward slash Yishai. Krista bought me a good amount of coffees. Okay, so I am hyper-caffeinated. Obviously, it's not real coffee, but rather a way to support the show. Uh, through through small donations also, and Krista uh, made a lot of a lot of small donations together supporting uh, the show. Thank you very much. And you guys can also go to uh, buymeacoffee.com forward slash Yishai and buy me a coffee as the name suggests. Um, that's it. So Shirley says, "Be well." Thanks so much. Uh, our dedicated teachers, Amen and Lachaim. That's right, Lachaim. So God bless you guys wherever you are. Stay tuned. Stay strong. Stay connected. Hey, before I go from this segment, I just want to say, don't let the world freak you out. Don't freak out. Don't let them, like, make you crazy out there. Corona and Ukraine and all that. Just, just, just relax and, and really, pet, you know, say hi to your kids. Give them a call. Learn some Torah. There's a beautiful world out there. There's a lot of light out there. I saw it in Jerusalem today. Beautiful weather. People without masks walking in the street. Back to, back to openness. Back to an oppor opportunity to learn and to love. Let's let's thank Hashem for these hard two years uh, of the corona. Let's pray for the souls that were lost, and let's take the steps to get back to normal and to really uh, uh, get back to the gift of life and the gift of the land of Israel, the gift of getting close to Hashem. Thank you very much to the folks that joined. Thank you especially to Yochavit Seidman, Lou, Moshe Herman, and also that joined on the show today, and also Ben Bresky, uh, and also Tabitha for making the show possible. Stay strong, stay connected. Write me an email, ishaishaifleischer.com. Lots of love, lots of blessings from the land of blessings, and shalom. All right, folks, you have been listening to the Ishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Judea to the world, and you have been part of it wherever you are. God bless you, folks. Stay tuned, stay strong, stay connected. Thanks to all the folks that make the show happen, the folks that, that actually physically get the show out to you. I appreciate them very much and to the sponsors as well, and of course to God Almighty. Uh, let me know what you think. My email is yishayishayfleischer.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And let us be strong together through Torah, through the return of the Jewish people to the land of Israel, and through the understanding that God works this world mysteriously and through vicissitudes. We will be uh, stronger through it if we walk that path through faith and in strength, the strength that God gives us. Malka Fleischer, thanks so much also for joining me earlier Thank on the show. Thank you so much. And Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. May it be only good news. Amen. The year is 1981. Menachem Begin is Prime Minister. 
Ronald Reagan is president, and Saddam Hussein has a nuclear reactor in Iraq. Israel has nothing to apologize for. We decided to act now, before it is too late. We shall defend our people with all the means at our disposal. Take a deep dive into Israel's strike on the Osirak nuclear reactor, the story of Ilan Ramon, and the world reaction to this dramatic event in Israeli history. And I said to the president, before this is over, we'll be on our knees thanking God Israel did what it did. That's The Jewish Story with Rav Mike Foyer on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com.